Welcome to Writer Writer Pants on Fire, where authors talk about things that never happened to people who don't exist. We also cover craft, the agent hunt, query trenches, publishing industry, marketing, and more. I'm your host, Mindy McGinnis. You can check out my books and social media at mindymcginnis.com. And make sure to visit the Writer Writer Pants on Fire blog for additional interviews, query critiques, and more at writerwriterpantsonfire.com. And don't forget to check out the Writer Writer Pants on Fire Facebook page. Give me feedback, suggest topics you'd like to hear discussed, and let me know if there's someone you would love to see as a guest. Make your pages look professional with vellum. Margins, headers, page numbering, font, line spacing, all happen automatically with every book you create. Generate eBooks for Kindle, Apple Books, Kobo, and others, or deliver a beautiful print book to your readers. Visit trivellum.com forward slash pants to learn more. Vellum, create beautiful books. So your new book, The Thursday Murder Club, is a murder mystery that features elderly protagonists. Mm -hmm. And it's really uh, interesting and a fun take. So can you tell us a little bit about where this idea came from and how you decided to flesh it out? Yeah, absolutely. It came from real life. I've been a writer for my whole life and never written a novel. I kept thinking I must do one, I must do one. Uh, And a couple of years ago, I went to a retirement community in England really really beautiful place in 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 the middle of nowhere but you know lovely sort of surrounded by kind of ancient woodland and these lovely rolling green hills and lakes and all this stuff and like any good crime reader i took one look around and thought this would be a good place for a murder you know what a what a set but you know what i mean yes i do all that kind of with the bird song and you know the quiet uh, and then we went for lunch at this place, and it's uh, this community. You have to be over seventy to live there, but it's incredibly. It's, it was an incredibly social place. And as I started talking to people, and you know, chatting about their life stories, what they'd done before, all this kind of stuff, I thought, wow, if there was a murder here, then I bet you lot would solve it, uh, and I bet one of you would have done it as well. <laughs> those, those those types of people. And then I was looking at a notice board, and they had things like. The, the, the incredible social life at this place and they had like tuesday french club and wednesday knitting club and just the thought thursday murder club came into my head and i had just this thought of four people in the 70s once a week they meet up to look over old unsolved police cases essentially it's an excuse to sit down you know have a couple of bottles of wine you know have a gossip have a chat and look out over old police files and then there's a real murder in their community and the four of them, all in their 70s, decide they'll be the ones to investigate and solve it. And the book is essentially, it's about the mystery, about what happens, but it's also about how on earth four people in their 70s can get themselves to the heart of a police investigation mm-hmm. and, consult- and, to, and this idea of them being so overlooked and underestimated mm-hmm. and people thinking they're so harmless that actually they can sort of get away with whatever they whatever they want. And that's the, that's the kind of basic premise. As soon as I had those... There's a murder in this beautiful place. We've got these four people. They're in a club. Uh, you know, I literally, that night, I started writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. And actually, as you were explaining it, I thought to myself, 
Well, of course. I mean, that makes perfect sense. It takes so mm -hmm. much time and mental effort. Who has all the time to sit around and try to solve old cases, let alone a new one? And just like, well, retired people. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's 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 what I thought. But honestly, when I went there, it's like being on a college campus, mm -hmm. but where everyone's over seven. Like, so everyone's kind of hanging out, and there's lots of gossip and politics. But yeah, no one's got any work to do. Mm -hmm. you know, no one's got any assignments to hand in. So they've got a lot of time on their hands. And you know, murder and investigating murder is sort of the is 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 the perfect thing. But also, the skills they bring to it, because you know, the four members of the club have very very different backgrounds. So they're the is at heart, it's got these sort of unlikely friendships. One was a nurse, one was a psychiatrist, one was a labour activist, uh, and one we're never quite sure what she does, Elizabeth. But it's clear that she was very high up in MI6. That wow. She was a spy, uh, and is able to bring some of her past life to bear but they've all got such different skills and as you say that you get to 70 odd and you've got a lot of experience of life and you know a lot of things you know and you know an awful lot about human nature mm -hmm, as well mm -hmm. and so yeah it is it felt to me like as soon as i started writing it i thought well of course these are the perfect detectives you know time on their hands experience of life everybody overlooks them anyway yeah uh, and it's such a joy to 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 write them and so far in the uk at least it's, it's been a joy for people to read which has been thrilling yes that's wonderful you know i remember reading not so long ago a news article about a program where they were teaching uh young people teens who wanted to learn English as a second language, they were having Skype, like weekly Skype conversations with elderly people in nursing Such homes. A good idea. Yes, exactly. Because these people are dying for someone to talk to and for the interaction. And these students simply just want to be immersed in the English language. Yeah. I mean, there's an epidemic of loneliness amongst the older people. We all kind of know that. And I think it's something that's going to be, you know, addressed in the next few years because I think people have, have, have worked it out. Uh, mm -hmm. And when I went to that community, I genuinely thought, well, this is how we should all live. You know, it was mm -hmm. so communal. And obviously, you shut your front door, you don't have to see anyone. But if you right. want to, you can go out and there's communal facilities and all of this. And everyone who reads the book just says, well, how old do you have to be to live here? Because I'm going to live in. You know, because it's, you know, it's such a nice place and there's just, you know, you, there's such a great group of people. It's incredibly social mm -hmm. and everybody is uh, I'm, I'm having to keep secret the real place where it is because i promised the residents uh, the real <laughs> residents there that i wouldn't because they're all quite they're no they're no fools over there. there's lawyers and all sorts of stuff there yeah. so they sort of know especially over here it's been such a huge sensation they know there'd be tourists and stuff. oh so yes i'm having i'm having to keep it a closely guarded secret yes yeah, speaking of the the communal aspect the highly social aspect of the the do they call them nursing homes in Britain or is there another word? Well, th there are such a thing as nursing homes, but this is a much bigger thing. This is a whole retirement community, so okay. it's entirely independent. Okay. So it's entirely sort of. I mean, there's a nursing home on site as well for for when people are incapacitated. And one of the characters, who was previously um, uh, in the Thursday Murder Club, she is essentially in a coma in the nursing home mm. at, at the same facility. But yeah, so this this would be a retirement community. Okay. I think. Okay. So. I've heard for a long time through friends that work in the, the nursing community and also mm. just as a kind of a common thing that people either assume or know to be a fact is that there's actually a lot 
of sexual activity mm. among the elderly yeah. in these communal living situations. And I thought that was, I thought that would always be something interesting to kind of visit in a fictional sense, strictly yeah, in a fictional do. sense. I don't, I, don't sh- I don't shy away from it. I mean, in, in, in the same way that the murders happen off camera in this story, so does that. But Joyce, who's our main narrator, who used to be the nurse, is she's a widow, mm-hmm. but she has always got her eye out for the next guy, <laughs> always. And she has a, a she has a sort of affair in the book that um, that I think is quite interesting. But you know, she clearly has lost none of her libido, and mm-hmm. she's lost none of her romantic libido either. And the two guys in the in the Thursday Medical Club, Ron, the labour activist, and Ibrahim, who's a psychiatrist, they do have a long conversation about because uh, about their physical capabilities mm-hmm. worthy to be in a romantic relationship. And they both admit that, listen, it would be harder these days than it was. Uh, and Ron says, honestly, it's a huge relief. It gives me so much free time. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not constantly now I'm not constantly thinking about it. Yeah, I'm constantly worried about it. It's actually it's, there's, there's a real freedom to it. But it's um. You know, my starting point for the whole thing was these people are in their 70s, but I mean, they have, there is zero difference between them and someone in their 50s or yeah, 30s or yeah. 20s. The brain is the same, the desires are the same, the appetites are the same. You know, you just you just around grief a bit more and pain a bit more, and mm-hmm. you know, you you understand mortality a bit more, mm-hmm. and there's physical issues. But you know, the fun of it is writing them like I know they are, which is just. 23-year-olds and 75-year-olds' bodies. Yes, absolutely. And I'm so glad that you addressed that aspect because, as I said, I'd always heard that there was as much, if not more, <laughs> sexual activity going on. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, really what, glad to hear it. Why wouldn't that be, right? Right, exactly. I mean, that sounds great. Solve murders, have sex. I bet. I mean, I mean that's, that's college. A, that's, a, that's a, by the way, great name for another podcast. <laughs> Solve murders, have sex. There you go. You can that, one, that. that one might catch a little faster. <laughs> Kickstart your Christmas shopping with a virtual visit to the Wild Art Gallery, featuring original Native American art pieces. Many of the artists whose work is for sale have pieces in the permanent collection of museums, including the Smithsonian National Museum of the American Indian. This season, give the gift of museum-quality art at reasonable prices. Visit www.wild, that's W-Y-L-D, dot gallery to shop now. Puppet Telegrams brings you custom puppet telegrams for people of all ages. It's the perfect way to send a smile on someone's birthday, anniversary, graduation, retirement, as a get well message, or just because. For every paid telegram, an additional one is sent to a child in a hospital or to a classroom in need of ways to liven up the virtual learning environment. Available for all ages, any occasion, from wholesome to edgy, and everything in between. And in the month of October, you can even send a Halloween boogram from a puppet trying to be spooky while haplessly holding a flashlight under their face. Send a puppetgram and lighten someone's day. So you've mentioned a couple of times, I know you've had just fantastic reception in the UK with the book. Can you talk about that a little bit? Obviously, when it's my first novel, and people over here know me a, a, a bit because I do various TV shows, but it's not, um, 
you know, I'm not known as a novelist. This mm-hmm. is my first one. And so we were sort of quite hopeful. We thought, you know, at least, at least people will hear about it, mm-hmm. you know, which is good. That's something. But, yeah, I think in its first three weeks, we've sold 200,000 copies or something, which is completely That's unprecedented over here. Mm-hmm. It's been number one in the independent book charts on Amazon, in the Sunday Times. So it's all of that, which has been gone absolutely beyond our wildest dreams. And I think that it is, well, firstly, it's a, it's a mystery, mm-hmm. you know, and we love that. It's like Agatha Christie type mystery. But secondly, you know, in this very bizarre year we're having, you know, it's a book, and obviously it was written before the pandemic mm-hmm. or anything like that, but it's, but, it, but it's a book that comes, that has a lot of humour in it, uh, that will make you laugh. It's a book that has, that will make you cry as well, but it, but it sort of has a, has a has an overall feeling of warmth and friendship mm-hmm. and kindness and some bad terrible stuff is happening but it comes from my essential standpoint to life which is a standpoint of kindness and friendship and we, we're all told these days that everyone's at each other's throats mm-hmm. and you know the social media tells us we're all combative and actually in our daily lives i don't believe that's the case mm-hmm. you know and i think actually the real world has more companionship and community than certain people would like us to believe mm-hmm. and that's where the book comes from and i think that's why people have really responded to it you know and that's why people have read it and recommended it and said this has made us feel better and mm-hmm. you know i think it's i think it's a, a combination of things I think that's absolutely true. I was actually having a conversation with my agent yesterday about uh, where to go next and what kind of projects we were going to be pitching. And that was something that has come up like repeatedly speaking with my other author friends about yeah. what's in and, and what sh- what do people want right now. And it just keeps coming up. People want light reads. People want humor. People want it, to escape it's, where we it's are. It's so interesting though, isn't it? Because y- you know more than anyone, it's, it's all very well saying, what I should do today, but you know, by the time a book is written and comes out, it's like oh, two yeah. years later. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so, I was right when I was writing. It was all the big sort of psychological, thrillery, kind of unreliable narratory mm-hmm. type books, and I just sat down and wrote the book that I would have written at any stage, I think. Yes. But it's you know, and people always say you know, in my other life of TV, you know, every couple of years, you know, you'll have a Great British Bake Off or a show like that, mm-hmm. or Dancing with the Stars, and people go. Oh, is there a trend now for, for for really sort of lovely, kind, friendly telly? And you go, yeah, that that trend is always there. Yeah, like you you're never gonna if you make a decent show that is about decent human beings being decent to each other, and it's a good show. Mm-hmm. You're always gonna do well. You know, it's it, that 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 never goes out of fashion. I absolutely um, agree. It's and but you know, as obviously when you're writing, you're thinking, God, what is this like? What what other books is this like? And <laughs> yes. I was kind of thinking, I'm not entirely sure I can work it. You know, this isn't an Ian Rankin book, but, you know, he's such a genius that, you know, I, I, I can't be him. And, and so you, you just have to trust the voice, don't you? You just have to trust the process. Oh, yes. Uh, and I think it came out at a good time as well. I think I think we've been lucky in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Fortune favored you. And I think, too, mm. you're right. I mean, obviously, you can't ever write to a trend if you're going to be working in traditional publishing because you're working mm. 18 months to two years ahead of time. The uh, yeah. indie world and the self-pub world, they're a little more limber on their feet and they're able to respond more yeah. immediately to trends. But yeah, you're totally right. If you're going the trad route, you just have to write the book of your heart. You have to write what's there. Yeah, and also you maybe write the, you know, I mean, 
you know, there was a lot of girl on the trains after girl on the train, mm-hmm. but you know, girl on girl on the train wasn't written to follow a trend. Exactly. If that makes sense. It you does. Know, some, some, sometimes, you, sometimes you have to set that trend. But yeah, that self-published world is interesting. I'm fascinated with it as well because, you know, from my world of telly, which is very, very fast turnaround, mm-hmm. really, you know, if we, if we have an idea, we can be filming it a month later and it can be on air three months later. Uh, and going into the world of publishing, the thing that I've noticed is a very, very, very long lead time yes. and very long PR and publicity. Yes. And so you must be in a world where people can get stuff out much quicker. I am traditionally published, but I have yeah. friends that work in mm. that are hybrid or strictly Indian self-pub. So they have that mobility. I am still operating yeah. in the traditional world. When I talk to my agent about like what's next, what are we doing next? It's more about in terms of what is the next like are we going to shift in my career more yeah. about marketing and branding not necessarily about like what can we respond to this right now but when you're talking to your friends who are either hybrid or or you know in, in entirely in this new world is there a jealousy at all or not a jealousy but is there a kind of some of your mood i'd love to be able to move this quickly yeah oh absolutely absolutely there is there are so many benefits to going that route i mean if you're good at marketing you're good at self-promotion and you can understand how to optimize like seo and ads which Mm. are what's tricky like getting the visibility is what hurts if you can do that um i and be a good writer I do think that it is an absolutely valued way to do your business. Also, one of the things that actually I find myself the most jealous about, as opposed Mm. from a trad to my self-pub friends, is that they have immediate and automatic feedback on what is working and what isn't. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating because 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 lots of it that is kind of online based and computer based, and so people are immediately telling them what they think yep. and what they want for the next one, and yep. that, that that kind of feedback loop just is yeah. is, is very loud. Because traditional publishing again is different because because it feels like a lot of the uh, a lot of the clothes that it's wearing are the clothes of the last century. Yes, and it feels like it's a that somebody one of these sides if one of these sides really learns the proper lessons of the other side then someone's going to come up with a hybrid that mm-hmm. blows everything out of the water mm-hmm. yeah i agree entirely me. yeah no i agree entirely i've been in publishing i've been publishing since well let's see like eight nine years now and mm. i can tell you one of the things that frustrates me most is when i'm speaking with someone that is not in the industry someone that knows nothing about uh, the publishing world or even the entertainment and media world yeah. And they say, and my book came out like on Tuesday and on Friday, they're like, so how's the book doing? Now you, you know, Mm. because you've hit like high levels where you're getting that reporting right away. Mm. I am, you know, not going to sell 200,000 copies in a week. So I don't have those numbers. I don't have them for about six months. And so when someone says, how's the book selling? I have to literally say, I don't know. <laughs> and I mean, that does that seems very archaic in the states so so i'm i'm, I'm going to be able to see what what, what that's like uh, as, as well mm-hmm. but yeah it feels like and and the economics of these self-publishers as well and are they taking any upfront money or are they literally are they literally getting it hosted and then 
taking a, a, a much bigger percentage of each sale than you might do in a traditional publishing route. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, much mm. bigger, much bigger uh, chunk of the sales and immediate feedback on your ads and the promos that you're doing. Yeah. You know what's working. You know there is some upfront cost. Like you, you typically you're going to want to buy software to do your internal uh, design, and usually are going to pay <clears> someone to do your cover. If you're smart, you're going to get a copy editor that's going to make sure everything's clean. But I mean, yeah. there is upfront. Like you're you're probably looking at if you're going to launch something and really be aggressive, you could put in three. To five grand just to get yourself out there and it may or may not pay off and that is where that is where you don't know and that's why i do enjoy my traditional publishing little you know feather lined cradle where i get an advance (laughs) and i get that advance whether the book dies on the vine or not yeah 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 exactly no there's there's there's, there's an awful lot to be said for it isn't there it's uh, i i really really admire people who do that self-published thing mm-hmm. and they are their own marketers and stuff like that because the other thing that strikes me in in this world i mean for you i'm a tv producer mm-hmm. really and so i understand telly and marketing and pr and stuff like that so you know i i will make sure i'm really proud of the book i'm mm-hmm. really proud of the thursday murder club so i feel like it's something i want to sell mm-hmm. and so i know what TV shows to go on and how to be on those shows and how to sell and what the optimum way of using social media and stuff like mm-hmm. that is. And I've been amazed by how many authors don't really think that that's their job. Yep. And I, which I understand yep. because because there's obviously, you know, there's the introvert thing and the artist thing, but it feels like these days it probably has to be one's job. You, ha- you have to. Yeah, if you want to succeed, you have to because there are plenty of aspiring authors out there that will be willing to figure it out and to do that heavy lifting. Mm. I mean, it all comes to the good news is I think anyway, I mean, you, you tell me if I'm wrong. It feels like it all. You have to have a good product. I mean, there's no yep. there's no shortcut there. You know, you have to have something that people love to read. Mm-hmm. But if you've got that, then it feels like you. It's it's. I mean, I've been doing lots of in the last few weeks. I've been going to lots of independent bookshops mm-hmm. in the UK, who've done such an amazing job during the pandemic. You know, and you know, such a heart of their community, and. The fact that I'm going to all those places and then I'm doing TV and talking about those places, they're saying, look, this is just great because it's people bringing people into the shops and then they're buying this book and that book. And that, the industry is, is is a selling industry. It is. Right. And that's us. And it's the booksellers. Mm-hmm. And and it feels like it feels like people don't quite understand that they're in an industry where they're a product and they need to shift some units for everybody's good. Yeah, absolutely. It it is very true. And I know a lot of, especially aspiring authors, most of the people that have had a long enough tail in the industry, the reason why they're there is because they figured that out. But when I'm talking to younger writers or new writers or people that are just interested in getting into the industry, they're like, yeah, but how much of my own promotion do I have to do? And I'm like, well, Mm as much as you possibly can if you would like to succeed and that's just i mean that's just the way it is we are no longer writers are no longer living at the top of an ivory tower and casting our pages out (laughs) to the masses like it doesn't work anymore no one's going to be standing there waiting for you to drop them so they can catch them like you got to go out there and get people's attention and i understand that that doesn't necessarily fit with everyone's Mm. personality but the truth is that in the new tech world of media yeah. like I, I i have been um around people that don't like to use microphones and i'm like well yeah. y- you know we're speaking to an audience so you're gonna have to talk <laughs> into the microphone <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, there's a lot of tricks in that. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because the one thing you would think that we unite all writers is they're good with narrative, they're good with stories, right. they're, 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 they're sort of good with empathy. And to me, selling has always been about that. It's always mm-hmm. all it is is narrative and mm-hmm. empathy. And, you know, so maybe it's the way it's presented to people. I think people don't like that idea that they're showing off. Yes. Or that they're saying, I'm great. And I, I, I sort of think it isn't that. It's, are you proud of your book mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and if you are proud of your book then you know it's 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 the book that you need to talk about not you that you need to talk about yeah but it's um i i do get it and you know it must be very very hard if you're you know if you're because i'm happy sitting for two years writing a book by myself mm-hmm. but i'm also then happy going out and talking about it but i think some people are, are one mode or the other right yes absolutely uh, i agree with you i am uh, a bit of a unicorn myself in that same manner mm. that i am i could be alone for three months and i'd be fine and you can put me yeah. in front of two thousand people to speak and it doesn't bother me like i in fact i enjoy it i love it i get energy from them yeah. And uh, it's a it's a feedback loop of me loving them and them loving me or hating me either way. I mean, they can hate me. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fine. still energy. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, whichever way it goes. And but I do know and I have plenty of friends that are good at one and not the other and good yeah. at and just medium at both. And just an effort. If you just put an effort in there, I mean, chances are you're going to reach someone. Someone is going to see you and something about you or your your speech, how you speak, how you present yourself, yeah. it will resonate with someone. And if it resonates with that one someone, it's a, you know, it's a it's a pebble in the pool and those ripples are going to go out. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly right. And it's fascinating because I do I know that listen, the key thing here is let's talk about writing, let's talk about uh, our characters and, and 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 all this stuff, but that's that's the 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 fascinating having worked in the creative industry my whole life. The creative bit of this is the same, but the mm-hmm. selling bit has been really, really, really different. And so I, I find mm-hmm. that. And it's lovely. I'm learning so much from my team over here. And a couple of them have said a couple of times, oh, it's really interesting listening to you talking about the best way to use television or the best way to use social media. Mm-hmm. And you can see them thinking, oh, perhaps we can do that next time. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a lovely, it's a such a lovely industry. Everyone's been so supportive by other writers mm-hmm. i'm just amazed by inc- how incredibly kind everyone is to each other right yeah very much so and i can tell you that's not just a british thing in yeah. the publishing industry we have and it's it is uncommon to be in an industry where everyone is helpful and looking out for everyone else but the yeah. truth is especially in the publishing industry we're not fighting for audiences we're not trying to scoop other people's mm. readers we always say over here that a rising tide raises all boats so like yes. you're saying you're going into these indie bookshops, people are going to come and see you and then they're going to go browse mm. and they're going to go pick up. I mean, very few people walk into a bookstore and buy one book. They're going to go in, yeah. they're going to find someone else and they might find an author that they never would have come across. They may pick up a book and that author is benefiting from your success. And that continues yeah. to be true. Yeah, I don't think, I think publishing, but you know, television interesting because as you know in terms of audiences it's getting smaller and smaller i mean not crazily so but it is but yeah publishing is not a zero-sum game at all and i've really really noticed it is listen crime fiction doesn't need any help from me over here it's such a big genre right but the fact that i'm in this genre and i i I am I, i can bring a slightly different audience into it from my tv stuff uh and so i can you know i'm sort of doing interviews that you might not otherwise read but talking about right. you know Ian Rankin and Val McDermott and 
people like this, you kind of see that, yeah, I love the, the rising tide uh, uh, raises all boats because it, it, it's exactly right, isn't it? And, and you know, that's it's I just have been stunned right from the start about how supportive people are, how excited people are about someone else's success, mm-hmm. you know, how great they are about, you know, everyone if someone's in the top 10 everyone's tweeting about it and and, and stuff like that uh, and it seems so far i've been in the industry for a short while but it seems genuine I yes i could be wrong yes but it seems genuine i believe it is i really do i've i've never had anyone knowingly resent my success and i think people yeah. people are pretty open with their feelings so i not <laughs> yeah, not had you, right? yeah yeah especially on twitter so I've only got you for a couple more minutes. So uh, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find your book? Uh, now, I'm in the U.S. I do have international audiences. But when is the book releasing in the U.S.? In the U.S., it was out on the 22nd of September. Okay. So it's, uh, it's, it's freely available now at uh, all your usual online places, but also lots of indie bookshops and what have you. I don't know. Barnes and Noble and all the kind of major US places and hopefully more and more as we go into Christmas. Yes. And in, and in terms of the rest of the world, I think in I think 30 territories now, I think we're in China and Russia and France and Germany and obviously all that you know, when you're published in Britain, that also covers Canada and Australia right. and um, all of that. So yeah, we're in, we're in loads and loads of places and it's a really English and British book. Mm-hmm. But I think that in the Americans love British books and Brits love American books, right? Because it's it's like the same but different. Yes. Uh, and, you know, because I thought writing this book and also because people know me in the UK, I thought, well, I, I can see how this might do well in the UK. But the second that, you know, France buy it and Germany buy it and Spain buy it, you kind of think, okay, are you sure? Because, <laughs> you know, they kind of read the book and they don't mind that it's in England. They just like the characters. And that's been... That's that's something I hadn't predicted. If I do a TV show, sometimes they don't travel. And with this, I sort of assumed it wouldn't travel, but I forget that it's the power of story, right? And the power of characters. It is. I weirdly have a very large Portuguese audience. No. Yeah. I mean, of all things. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's awesome. Very cool. So, you know, and I will engage as much as I can. Of course, I use Google Translate and it, I'm sure, comes out like stilted and awkward, but they they really appreciate that you're, you know, trying. And so it's really cool. That's amazing. Yeah. And and Portuguese audience, of course, you can pivot fairly easily into a Brazilian audience, which is uh, is hundreds of millions, right? Yep, exactly. (laughs) So I'm not complaining. So again, the book is The Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman. And why don't you let listeners know where they can find you online? You can find me on Twitter at at Richard Osman. That's Richard O-S-M-A-N. And you'll find it's very, very English, but there's a bit of fun. I talk about British TV a lot. Awesome. uh, And British British sweets and candy and uh, chocolate and stuff uh, quite a lot. (laughs) And on Instagram, I am Mr. M-I-S-T-R. M-I-S-T-E-R, Osman, O-S-M-A-N, on Instagram. But Twitter is my is, is mainly where you'll find me. Writer, Writer, Pants on Fire is produced by Mindy McGinnis. Music by Jack Corbel. Don't forget to check out the blog for additional interviews, writing advice, and publication tips at writerwriterpantsonfire.com. If the blog or podcast have been helpful to you, or if you just enjoy listening, please consider donating 
visit writerwriterpantsonfire.com and click support the blog and podcast in the sidebar.